Welcome to the God, Money, and Marriage Show with Sean and Candace Hudson, married financial coaches who talk together and with others about God, Money, and Marriage. In this episode, we talked with Josh and Emily Dieter about their year of living with less. It was a year without buying, a family adventure, and contented living. Here's what you need to know about the Dieters. They've been married for nine years. They have three children, ages six, four, and two. Two of those children are boys. And Josh is a pastor in Talmadge, Ohio. When we sat down with them recently to talk about this year of living with less, we asked them, what got you started on this adventure? What was the origin of this story? Well, it kind of started, um, JT was, he was a newborn and I was feeling not just a little bit overwhelmed, but like way overwhelmed. Um, Christmas had just happened. I was just kind of looking around our house and I think I had spent the whole year either like organizing toys or like picking up toys or like just everything was, all my focus was on like shifting around items in our home as opposed to like sitting down with my kids or spending time with my husband. It was all about like, where can I put this stuff to where it looks right and it's not a huge mess and I'm always picking things up. And so it, I was overwhelmed and um, there's a, a blog that I follow and the lady who writes the blog, she had done this with her family. She had gone a whole year without buying um, anything but consumable goods. And so I was thinking, you know, that is crazy enough that it might work. And I am, I am kind of like an all or nothing. And so I just figured we would go for it. They are going crazy. Sorry. But yeah, that's, that's kind of where we started off. I think that's pretty humble of you, Emily, because here's what I do as the mom. <laughs> when I see a living room full of toys or any space full of toys, I'm like, this needs to get out of my sight or it gets put in the garbage can. Like, I'm throwing it away. <laughs> You're like, oh, let's find a place for this so it'll look nice. I'm like, get it out of here. <laughs> now that, yeah, that's me. I start getting the trash bag out. I'm like, all right, all this is going in the trash unless it gets put up somewhere. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> well, so as a child, I was perpetually messy. I always had a messy room. That was like the biggest battle between me and my parents. And so I can still remember like little six-year-old Emily being like, I can't clean up this mess, but I don't want all these toys to go away. And so trying to like, find a happy medium between the two of us. <laughs> so the year with living with less, uh, Emily, it sounds like it, it came from, from you. Maybe it originated with you. So, Josh, what was your what were your thoughts when she brought you this crazy idea that she thought might work? I mean, for me, so I was all for it because, um, I mean, by my very nature, I'm kind of like a saver and not a spender. Um, and so, and uh, I do a lot of the budgeting and, and stuff like that in our house, like manage the finances for the most part. Um, so it's like, oh, cool. This is an opportunity to maybe save more or even just, it makes it easier sometimes to manage your money when you know it's not going to be spent on a bunch of random things. Uh, and so I was like, yeah, let's try it. Um, sorry. Um, <laughs> but, um, so yeah, it definitely was not my idea. That's for sure. Uh, I'm not sure if it was, it would have gone over real well, <laughs> you know, I think it was, I'm glad it was her idea. Now, Emily's not a big spinner. Like she's not frivolous. She's not out there. She's never, since we've been married, she's never been one to like go spend a ton of money here or there or whatever, but it's easy for anybody, whether it be me or her, just to buy a lot of small things or this or that. Yeah, it adds up over time. Um, and uh, so I think I probably was a little surprised by it, but pretty excited about it. Now that didn't mean I didn't have like, I, I didn't have some struggles with it myself. Um, so we can get into that when, whenever you want to talk about it. Um, but uh, yeah, I was, I was for it. So. Okay. So just so our listeners understand, what do you mean by you committed to a year of not buying a consumable? Yeah. What, consumable? what were the rules? What were the rules here for your okay, year? So here, were, here were the rules. If it was an object that could not be completely used up, it was not going to be purchased. 
So um, say for instance, uh, let's say groceries, you know, groceries are things like apples. You buy apples, you're gonna eat them and they're not gonna take up space anymore after you've eaten them, things like that. So like potting soil, if you're working on the garden or stuff like that, like things that are gonna be used up, we're okay to purchase. Um, but things that were going to just kind of sit around in the house, like, um, I think I, uh, home goods, uh, like craft supplies, things like that, that just kind of end up, you think you need them at the moment, but then you get them home and you realize like, oh, I'm, I guess I'm not ready to start that project yet or do something like that. So I, I tried to have pretty like hard and fast rules because, you know, like where there is space to break rules, like they'll get broken. And um, like, I I will break rules more than he will. But so I wanted to have like pretty, um, pretty set rules for myself. I think I have, okay, hold on, I do have a list. So non-consumables means anything that can be, cannot be, com Ooh, sorry, non-consumables means anything that cannot be used completely. So that's like clothes, technology, home decor, craft supplies, shoes, movies, books, toys, appliances, um, and kind of anything else you can think of. Um, so those were the things we were not buying. Um, and there were a few, like, I made a few amendments, like if, if Judah grew out of his shoes and didn't have a pair of shoes to wear, like that was the time to go and purchase a new pair of shoes. Like not just because, oh, these were on sale. And so he could use an extra pair, I guess. And then they don't fit in the drawer. So that yeah. was kind of the thing. Yeah, and I mean, even with us, like if our shoes wore out, so like Emily, oh, you know, I might bought talk a new about like shoes because mine wore out. Yeah, so if your shoes wear out, like if your shoes have a hole in them, or I know you guys are runners, if you put so many miles on your shoes, right? At some point, you need a new pair of shoes, or your shins are going to start hurting you, or your legs are going to start hurting you, or whatever. Like you could do that if your jeans got a, you know, you ripped a hole in your jeans, um, and maybe they're like I don't know, work jeans or whatever, but they're nice jeans or what you could buy a new pair of jeans. But if you're careful and you realize you're trying not to buy anything, you probably treat your jeans a little nicer or this or that. You can prolong how long you use stuff. But uh, as yeah, as a general rule of thumb, I mean, the goal was not to buy like new clothes or new shoes or whatever, while at the same time, if you really needed them, they got a hole in them, but you didn't just go buy a new pair of shoes to buy a new pair of shoes or a new pair of pants to buy a new pair of pants. Yeah. And I do, I did spend quite a bit of time that year, like repairing things. Cause I had some clothes, um, especially when I was doing like a, I did a capsule wardrobe through part of my year and I had, um, a blue jean jacket that got all rip in it. And so I was like, normally I would have been like, well, I can't wear that. It's got a rip in it. But I decided since it was our year of living with us, I was going to sew up the hole and did a few things like that. So I, I think I repaired some of I did not repair them well, but I repaired some of the clothes. I think I repaired some of your swim trunks or something. So I did a little bit of um, tailoring that year as well. Learned a new craft. Mm -hmm. So what is a capsule wardrobe? I don't know what that is. Okay, so a capsule wardrobe. The one that I did um, is a wardrobe that is just 33 pieces. So that includes shoes, shirts, pants, dresses, even jewelry. Um, that doesn't include pajamas or workout clothes. Um, so that's kind of nice. You can, you can do those as like an, a separate thing. So I just picked, um, 33 items that I knew would kind of mix and match. And from, I believe it was September, September, October, November, I did it for three months. Um, I just wore those items. And so I had kind of a, some transition pieces, um, a few scarves and things like that. Um, I didn't include my winter coat in that. Um, but yeah, it was, it was really neat to do because when you look at your wardrobe and you say like, I have nothing to wear, it's not really true. It's just, you're overwhelmed by the amount of choices. Yeah. I just picked out the things that I loved the most. The things that if someone was coming through and throwing stuff my stuff in the trash, like that I would pick out and say like, don't throw these away. These are the ones I like. Um, and I realized like once I bagged up those other clothes and put them downstairs, I did not think about them. I didn't say like, oh, I wish I had that pair of pants or I wish I had that shirt. I wasn't worried about them. I w it was nice because every single day when I picked out something, I was picking out my favorite clothes. 
Like I got to wear my favorite clothes every day instead of feeling, looking at my closet and feeling guilty for the stuff that I bought that I never wear. Or so it was really, it was, it was a challenge, but um, I liked it. We were talking before this. I was like, I probably should do that again because it's, it, it does make you appreciate your clothes a lot. So what, uh, what were some of the beyond like, or maybe deep, a little bit deeper than some of the practical um, outworkings of like affecting your wardrobe and, and uh, simplifying your, your house? What were some of the, some of the maybe the deeper spiritual ambitions you had for this year of living with less as you were setting out? You're like, okay, we, we're, we're, we're going to do this. And this is kind of what we hope to get from this or hope the effect will be. Yeah. So I think, you know, a lot of people, I guess you would think, well, you know, learning being, learning to be content with what you have, which that was, that was certainly part of it. And, uh, that was a, a really neat thing. You know, you see Emily talking about being content with the clothes that she does have or with the things that we do have. Um, I would actually say that that's a big part of it, but I think what would be a surprise to most people is what we try to replace. Um, uh, buying stuff with which would be like experiences uh, with people that you love or enjoy or people from the church family whatever it might be and so you know Emily and I were talking what really helped us helped remind us of is that experiences with certain people are more important than the things that we buy and uh, to be honest you know a lot of people think well you probably saved a lot of money that year we probably saved some but we really spent more money on experiences and hosting people, having them over to our house. Um, to be honest, when you have less, less stuff, it's actually, it is easier to clean your house. Um, and we, like, if you come over to our house, we have a lot of stuff now, like, right. It like stuff piles back up really quickly. Um, but there's less things to clean. It's easier to host people. It's easier to spend money on. Like we, you know, so what we didn't say, I guess on the front of the end of this, and this is probably helpful to some of your listeners is that um, we are pretty much a single income family uh, on a pastor's salary of not a real large church. And so I won't tell people what I make, but it's not a lot. Uh, so, you know, um, we do have to be careful with what we spend, but we are, we're able to use, okay, some of the stuff, money we maybe would have spent on clothes or whatever on experiences or on other people as we've had them over. So our grocery budget probably went up that year um, and it still is, is relatively high or higher than it probably was before then um, because we were spending it on other people or on meals or whatever. Um, and uh, those experiences really at the end of the day are more important. Those friendships are, are more important than the new shirt or uh, I don't know, just some little trinket or whatever um, that you might've bought kind of on an impulse vibe uh, even. Uh, so I think I think probably just learning it, it, giving us more opportunities to show hospitality to other mm -hmm. people um, and stretching us to do that was probably one of the things I think people don't think about was, but it was probably one of the biggest things that really helped us. So are you saying that, did you anticipate that kind of focus heading into it? Like, Hey, like we're going to be focusing on experiences and having people over more and investing our money more that way. Or you more, was it more just like that you, you end up realizing that, as you were going through it? I think it was kind of as we went along. I, I, I was aware that like a good replacement for purchasing things is doing experiences. Um, but it, it's, you know, like we had a new baby at the time. And so like we weren't going out to the theme parks or anything, you know, it wasn't like there weren't a lot of huge experiences and it was middle of winter too. So when it, we started. Yeah, when we started, it was it was cold, and so we weren't really planning on going a lot of places. It, I think, it kind of organically evolved into that because we were home. You know, we weren't out shopping, we weren't out uh, doing stuff like that, and so it was it was nice. I, I felt like we were able to connect with people a lot more because, um, you know, you can go out and um, go out to dinner or do something like that, but having people into your home is so personal, and it, I, I think, it says a lot more about like hey, like, we want to welcome you into our lives instead of just, like, we're, we're going to catch a meal together. So I, I do think it helped us to kind of build relationships. And as far as, like, having – y'all know you have young kids. Um, but having young kids and um, 
showing them like, this is what our home is for. It is for welcoming people into and not just like, it's not just our stuff, but we're going to share it with everyone. Yeah. And so I do feel like we were a lot more open handed with our things at that. Mm-hmm. Point. That's interesting because someone could logically think, okay, like if they're going to be doing more with less, or like, you know, they're going to live with less. That means the stuff they have is more valuable, more important to preserve and to protect and to keep. Mm-hmm. And you're saying the effect actually was that you were more generous, more welcoming I people in. You realize like, it's just stuff. Like I think you hit a certain point where you're like, it is, it's just stuff. And I'm, you know, like it, it could be here. It could not be here, but whatever, whatever it's here, I want to use for good. So it's, that was a, it was an interesting thing to learn. Yeah. And in reality, like what it, I, you know, you say that, but in reality, even in the midst of all that, we still had a lot of stuff. Like, I think like most Americans, like, yeah, yeah, we stopped buying stuff. We even got rid of a lot of stuff. One of the nice things about a church is we have a big rummage sale every year. And so, I mean, it's huge. It's it's huge. So um, it fills our entire gym wall to wall. And so people just donate tons of stuff, like literally. So we we have an avenue to get rid of tons of stuff every year. Mm -hmm. And we still have tons of stuff. And so it's not like, you know, people come over or this or that. You're worried about them breaking your stuff. Well, anyways, we got three young kids. We don't have anything that we own. <laughs> it's all been that, broken. You know, <laughs> that is valuable anyways. But yeah, it is. It might seem counterintuitive, but I think in general, like if you really slow down and look around your house and think about all the stuff that you do have, most of it, most of it isn't really that valuable. I mean, you might have some heirlooms or something from family members or whatever you're trying to protect. But at the end of the day, like it all can be replaced. Yeah. You're going to try not to replace it during the year of living with less. That's something that you try to do if you don't need it. Um, but uh, yeah, it does teach you that, that you have a lot, you can be really resourceful, but at the same time, it's not as valuable as you think it is. Yeah. Yeah. Actually um, when Sean and I were talking about this, uh, when he first let me know, like he had informed me that you guys had done this year and how cool that was. And I read your blog post, at least the first one and the last one. Um, I thought, wow, it sounds a lot like our time, <laughs> our like poverty that we lived in um, for the first definitely four years we lived here, at least that long, four or five years we lived here, where um, we couldn't really buy anything mm-hmm. And when the, and so I'm connecting this to what you were just saying about like how like open handed you are with your stuff, because what we found was like our nieces and nephews would have birthday parties and we could not buy anything for them. Like we literally couldn't afford to buy anything even from like, you know, once upon a child or whatever. So we just told our kids like, we're going to give so-and-so one of your toys. So which one do you want to give them? Which one do you think that they would like? Yeah. Um, and that helped us also to see that like everything that we have is from God's hands and it's not ours to keep or to hold like as if it's as if he has given it to us and it's just special for us and it's not at all to be shared, you know? Um, but like when we feel like the Lord's saying, give this away, we give it away. So uh, were there, were there moments in the year where you felt like, ah, oh, I really wish we could buy this or that, whether it was a gift for somebody else or something for yourselves, either it broke or you felt like you wouldn't have anticipated, but you had this really strong urge. Like I know I'm not supposed to buy, but like I see this thing and I really want it. And you had to say no. Um, Did you have any kind of, you know, more challenging experiences like that? Yes. I, um, so in lieu of shopping as a mom of very, very young children at that point. I needed like an outlet somewhere to escape the crying. And um, so I wasn't shopping. Target was not the location that I could go. So I started running and that became my thing. I I ran a ton that year. Every Saturday morning, I was like, I'll see you later. Um, I'm going to be gone for a while. Meets are going to Target. Meets are going to Target. It it, it did. I probably ran to Target and then ran back. um, (laughs) And so I started running and I mean, I didn't know that y'all are runners, but you know. I'm not. I'm actually not. I've got to clear myself here. I'm not a runner. I wish I was a runner. 
He's a runner. <laughs> sort of a runner. Not. I can run, but I don't always do it. Okay, so, but that year I considered myself a runner, but there's lots of cool running gear. So that's the fun part about starting a new hobby is you get the clothes and the gear and all the stuff. Well, I was like starting to run and I was realizing like, oh man, it'd be sweet to have an Apple watch because then I could have my music on it and it'd be connected and it would tell me how far I ran and all this stuff. And as I like ran more and more and more, I realized like, that'd be so cool to have. And I started like thinking about it and, and like looking at them online. And then I was like, Oh no, like that is, that is like number one rule. Like you cannot get that. And so I think I, I talked myself out of it, you know, like I kind of walked myself backwards through the whole thing, reminded myself of why I was doing the year. That was the thing that always, kind of kept me from uh, buying something was remembering, okay, why are you doing this? And I had to like take myself back to that overwhelmed feeling uh, that like January 1st, just so overwhelmed in my house feeling. Um, I think I took a picture. I don't know that I posted online, but just for my own use of my kitchen table and what it looked like when we came home for Christmas there was, I mean, it, you couldn't see the table. There was just stuff everywhere. So reminding myself of that picture and that feeling and um, knowing like, yes, I want to buy the cool gadget. Um, no, it will not help my running. <laughs> and no, it will not, uh, it will not work for this year. So, um, and believe it or not, I've survived so many years without an Apple watch. So you still don't have one, even though you're I don't, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's not in the budget. It's not in the budget. <laughs> Well, and stuff like that. So this is another thing with technology. When you buy the newest technology, within a few months, it is outdated. And there is a new piece that you want to replace it with. Because um, I had a friend that she bought a new Apple Watch. I don't think it was around that time, but it was a little bit before. And then, like, it, was, it wasn't even six months later, they came out with a new one that was way cooler. And I remember, like, talking to her and hearing her kind of experience that, like, that regret of like, man, I should have waited just a little bit longer. So I, I did, I think I pulled from that a little bit, but yeah, it's always going to get better and bigger and can't keep up. Yeah, that's true. Yep. So for me, it was, uh, so in general, like just wanting to buy, um, like maybe like gear, like I like to fish, I like to hunt. And so, um, I don't know, simple stuff like wanting to go buy some new fishing baits or whatever for my rods or for my reels or some new arrows for my bow or something like that. And like realizing like, okay, I do have some arrows. I just need to make sure I use those and I don't lose those before I can go buy some new ones. Um, uh, you know, those sorts of things, like just trying to figure out, okay, how do I conserve? Like I have tons of fishing stuff. I have tons of fishing baits. My grandfather used to own like a fishing company. So and bait like bait company. So it's not like I don't have, I didn't have a lot to begin with. Um, so figuring those sorts of things out. I did tell when we were interviewed um, for church of God ministries about this, I did tell Carl who interviewed us that it, remembering back, like it would have been nice to be able to buy a new shirt to just, to just, cause you preach every weekend being a pastor it would have been nice to have, you know, a new shirt here or there to be up in front of people with. Like, you know, um, uh, I guess it looks good. Like, hey, well, at least she's not wasting our tithe on, uh, <laughs> on fancy clothes or new clothes or whatever. But, you know, every once in a while. It's but he's nice preaching thing. that shirt for the last three weeks. I hate Sunday mornings anyways. Sometimes I'll get on, like, Facebook Live because we'll have our videos on Facebook Live, and I'll see, like, okay, when's the last time I wore this shirt? Like, <laughs> He always asks me, and I'm like, you think I remember what you yeah, wore a week like, ago? Like, nobody's going to remember. Yeah, so, I mean, that's how much I pay attention to really, like, what I wear, um, like, on a regular basis, like, as far as, like, scheduling or whatever. But, um, you know, those were the big challenges. Now, we did we did buy a shed that year. So, oh, that's true. We, we had planned on buying a shed the year before. We didn't buy a shed, like a garden shed. So, we have a one-car garage. We have two cars. We had a one-car garage. And so the garage was just getting full of gardening tools, stuff like that. And so we, that was a, like, if we're going to, I don't I guess I was cheating. Like that was a fairly big cheat because that was a pretty big expense. Um, so we're not going to like tell people like we didn't buy anything that year. We did buy a shed that year to store stuff, by the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> ironic. It was kind of ironic, but, um, but you know, part of that year too is learn to organize. Like you spend time organizing what you do have um, and getting rid of 
and like what you do need and getting rid of the things that you don't. Uh, you know, if you do it right, I think a lot of that takes place. Were you, were you receiving gifts from people? Like, were your parents, were your, were the grandparents like, oh, you're not buying anything new. Well, we're going to buy lots of new stuff for you then. Yes, they, I do remember. Well, and I, I think I wrote about this at one point since we weren't going out to stores and I wasn't like, because occasionally we would go to like Target or something. And as I was trying to shop, whoever was in the cart at the time would get a something from the dollar aisle, you know, like to keep them busy while we're shopping. But that wasn't happening. And so there were none of those little like during the week, like little toys or any new things that they were getting. And so, and for their birthdays, we did experiences. Um, I think we did from like, us. From us, yeah. yeah we we took them to like a monster truck show, and mm -hmm. we, we went to like a one of the ice Elsa shows, or, Elsa yeah, and Ice Frozen or something. Yeah. yeah. So um, the kids, when they got anything from like either either our parents or somebody at the church, they were like, oh. it was like it was so amazing to them. It was, and it was really nice to see like how grateful they were and how excited they were. Um, I think we have a few videos of them being like, this is amazing. Like, this is <laughs> it, they were really excited. We didn't get like an overabundance of stuff. Cause I think our, our parents were definitely on board with the, like knowing why we did it. Um, and so I think they were, they kind of yeah. realized that. Um, and, and, I, and, and part of the rules were like, you could receive stuff from other people. Oh, like if yeah. people wanted to give you, you a gift. Receive with yeah, you, re <laughs> you would receive it, right? You wouldn't tell people, hey, I need this and I need you to buy it for me, but I can't buy it. <laughs> <laughs> None of that went on, right? But uh, you're not going to tell your, I don't, I think, I think it's probably a bad idea to have your kids, you know, if somebody were thinking about doing this, well, we're going to do this and we're going to make sure our kids don't get gifts from other people. Like I would think that would be a very bad thing to do, right? Like you want your kids to be able to receive gifts and get gifts from other people, their grandparents, friends, people at church, whatever. Um, and so, yeah, we, yeah, we didn't personally buy our kids stuff like gifts or anything like that, but they've got, they're spoiled. I mean, they're, yeah, yeah. They're the only grandkids on one side of our family. And then they were the biggest group of grandkids on the other. So um, there was only for a long, long time, only one other on the other side of the family. So, they they never went without that's for sure do you hear any complaining like even because from the parents perspective you're like you have so much stuff you know we have everything to be thankful for your food's provided for your clothing and all that um but children can't always see that and yet sometimes children are completely oblivious to things that are really difficult for the parents you know so um did your children complain any about it did they notice what you were doing did you tell them what you we were doing we kind of told them what we were doing um but they I mean, they were pretty young at the time because our oldest was four at that point and so they didn't even realize and actually i went through um i did one i think it was january one very large purge where i did um got rid of one item for whatever however many days of the week month it was so like on day one got rid of one thing on day two got rid of two things and so on and so forth until the end of the month um wow. i don't think anybody noticed i really don't honestly which is crazy i think they've noticed it more now um because with quarantine and not going we haven't taken our kids to any stores or anything they're like when when can we go to the store and i'm like you know what i don't even think there's toys at the store right now like <laughs> where did all the toys go you know so I think they notice it more now than they did then, but yeah, nobody seemed to notice when giant trash bags of stuff was leaving. <laughs> out. Yeah, I mean, we have, and it's great. We have lots of stuff. Like again, our our son was the first grandchild on both sides, and so you can just imagine the amount of gifts that he got That's a lot um, and had. So like, we had a ton of and, and people from our church too are very are generous. So generous. I mean, you know, they're trying to give us stuff all the time. And now we've actually gotten to the point now where when people want, want to give us stuff or when people come to me and say, Hey, would your kids want this? Or do you want this? I say, you know, I'm not sure you need to go ask Emily if we need it. Like, because otherwise our living room would be just full of toys. <laughs> it for was kids. for a while. And it, and it was at that point in time. We had three kids um you know for a while two of them were the only grandkids on both sides and so it was uh yeah we were not short of toys so those toys disappearing or kind of making an exit that they haven't played with for a while was not that big of a deal we 
we and we have um, we have tried to do so like I know a few weeks ago the kids wanted to do a yard sale with their stuff they didn't really they weren't like out to sell things but they just they knew we needed to get rid of some stuff so they by themselves got a trash bag filled it with a bunch of things of toys and stuff they don't play with I guess anymore and put it downstairs in the giveaway pile so I think they've seen us do it enough that they realize like oh like this is a good thing we want to have space to play so we're going to get rid of things we don't need yeah that's great yeah that's, that's really great so this was a uh, a, a big lifestyle change um and yet you know a lot of intentionality and focus on your life that that wasn't there before so how, how did this um this year of living with less affect your marriage like you know was it is it a breeze? Was it easy? Did it, did it bring stress? How, how was it for you guys? Um, I don't think it brought any stress. Um, I, I do think we got pretty creative with some things, trying to realize, like, okay, how can we, you know, how can we, Christmas was the hardest for me, because it was, I, we had gotten to the very end of our challenge, and I was like, oh, I did not foresee having to buy Christmas gifts, because for birthdays and things like that, I had either given people consumable goods, so like hand soap and then knitted them some uh, washcloths or something like that, like things that they can use up. And um, But then when it came to Christmas, it was, I think that was really challenging because we were trying to figure out like, okay, what do we do for the kids for Christmas? You know, like we got to do something. And um, we got, I, it was, I think, what did we, I, this might sound terrible. I think we ended up giving the kids some things that somebody had given to us, like toys that their children had outgrown and they gave to us. And I was thinking I could just hold these back and they could be Christmas gifts. Cause they're awesome. It was things that I knew they would love. And I, that was part of the, I did, I did do that. Um, but they love them and they still, those toys they still play with. So we did, we had some creative moments like that. Um, I don't know. Do you yeah. do you think it affected our marriage really? I mean, I don't remember it like being a difficult year in our marriage or anything like that. Um, I think so. There are some. I, I think it definitely released some stress, um, especially since you know everybody's marriage works different on the way they budget or don't budget or whatever. Um, but because I'm the one who kind of manages the finances and kind of like we kind of do the Dave Ramsey thing a little bit like envelopes sort of. Um, and you know, I laid money aside and like kind of spends cash, but if there's a big purchase, she'll come to me too and we'll talk about it or whatever and make it happen. Um, uh, but, uh, it was a lot less stressful just in general, um, uh, to not have to worry about like, okay, what are we spending money on? Mm -hmm. Like I knew what we were spending money on and it's pretty much just food for the most part. That's, yeah. And that's pretty much it um the gifts or experiences that we're going to take we talk about that but other than that there wasn't a lot to like really budget for beyond normal expenses you know you're going to pay your mortgage you're going to keep try to keep your lights on so you're going to pay electric water those sorts of things um so it really was a big stress relief on on my end as far as trying to manage the finances and figure that sort of thing out because i'm just like anybody else right i worry about our finances like do we spend too much this week do we not do we not save what we should save or decide what we should have put aside um all of those sorts of things so um I, I i remember probably looking back just being stressed out we really didn't have to like now like we every once in a while we have to have conversations about our finances mm -hmm. which you should anyways right yeah. but but a lot of times now that the conversations are like, you know what, maybe we spent a little too much last month or we broke the budget here or we did this here. Mm -hmm. So it's going to make us a little tighter. But I, I don't really think we had that conversation during that time. I mean, we would have had a conversation beforehand before we made any major purchases, like for an experience, like, should we go do this? Yeah. But that was, that was a lot easier conversation to have on the front end than it was kind of on the back at the end of the month. Um, and so, yeah. Yeah, so like remove just removing the possibility mm -hmm. of picking anything up at the store when I see it, or if I'm scrolling online ordering something on an impulse, removing that possibility enabled you to hit your budget pretty much, would you say like most months of that year? Oh, yeah. yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it made such a difference. Like, cause we spend, I mean, I think everybody does this, right? Uh, when I say we, I just think generally like people, we spend a ton of money just on little stuff mm-hmm. that like is an impulse buy, as you would say, um, like, oh, it's only a couple bucks or whatever. Every time you go to the store. Well, with the year of living with less, like you actually evaluate it. Like, did, do I need this? And do I need it right now? Yes. And mm-hmm. if I don't, you're not buying it. Like, it's not like, oh, that's a good deal. I'm going to buy that now and even save it for later. Like, none of that goes on. Yeah. It's, I'm buying what I need for this moment. Um, and if you don't need it, you're not buying it. Uh, and so, it, it, that can be kind of difficult, but it actually, like, it, the decision making is fairly simple because that's what it is. Like, that's the question you're asking yourself. Do I need this? Am I going to use this? Am I going to consume this like today or tomorrow or before it goes bad? Right. And if the answer is no, right. You just, okay, I'm not buying it. Wow. And so you would also like, you probably would say you felt like your needs were met. Like you were satisfied. Like we were just reading tonight in Ecclesiastes Solomon, who was, you know, the richest man probably in the history of the world and also the wisest, tested himself with all of these things and indulged in all of these luxuries to find through wisdom, you know, what satisfies a man? Like, what should a man go after? And in the, at the end of the day, he's like, if you can eat and drink and enjoy your family and like what you do for your work, you are blessed. Like, that is what, like, the the climax of being a man or the apex of being human is, is to be able to do those things. So um, would you say that, that you found that to be true, that these basic necessities being met and having your relationships still intact and going strong. And like you were talking about earlier, inviting people into your home, having fellowship with others, having experiences that maybe you wouldn't have had otherwise because you were so experienced focused um was that satisfying to you was that enough yeah i mean i i think so i think it you took a a long hard look at the things that satisfy um and i had come to a point where i realized that the stuff was not going to satisfy it was never going to make me feel better maybe for a second i when you put it in the cart when you pay for it but by the time I got those bags like into the house, I was already feeling guilty and I was having buyer's remorse and it was, and then I was like, Oh my gosh. And I spent this and I shouldn't have spent it. And they're not even going to like that, you know, that sort of thing. And so, yeah, I, I agree with all that. Like it doesn't, this stuff is not going to satisfy. It will feel good for a minute. Um, and maybe even like the first week that you use whatever it is, or the first time you wear that shirt, it's going to feel good. But after that, it's just, it becomes just stuff. It doesn't last. And I think we'll remember the things that we did with our kids. One of our Christmas gifts was we did a, a train ride to, we went all the way to the North Pole. It was amazing. Uh, we did the Polar Express. Polar Express. Yeah. We went all the way to the North Pole. Yeah. Um, and so, like, our kids still talk about that and it was so fun, but it was, it was one of those like experience things that they're, you know, they're not still talking about some random toy they got for Christmas three years ago. Mm-hmm. So that's it. I, <laughs> there's so much drama happening here. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, we, I, I definitely, I, I'm going to, Wait a little bit. go to that. <laughs> everybody took accidental naps today and so typically it's not like yep. this event since those little naps like, I know I know about those I'm like oh <laughs> my goodness so so our, uh, a couple more questions here to wrap up one would be um, what uh, what sort of good fruit are you still realizing from that year is there still anything that you're how does it change your life in a kind of an enduring way? Um, I think hospitality is still one of the biggest things that we practice. 
um, that never, like after we started kind of inviting more people over and um, more frequently, we, I don't feel like we ever really stopped doing that. Um, and I think because we did that so much during that year, it just made it easier. Um, Cause yeah, it, it wasn't, I, I think sometimes you think like having people over is going to be so exhausting and it's just going to put me out and you know, I'm just, I'm going to have to clean up and then I'm going to have to clean up again when they leave and do all the stuff and the cooking. But we realized like it was not, it was really life giving. I think to have people in the house and to build those friendships and stuff like that. Um, and so I, I do think that has stuck with me. Um, another thing that I do remember that year is um, I went through my email and I unsubscribed from all of the, any kind of sell, uh, any store that would send me an email and say like, hey, we have a great sell going on. You have to buy something. It's, like, it's never, this is never going to happen again. You know, <laughs> like, the next time we send you this email, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to click on it. So um, unsubscribing from those, I think, um, has been something that really helps me to realize, like, if I don't go to the cell, like, I'm not going to die. I'm not, if I miss out on that opportunity, like, I probably won't even care a week later. And so realizing that has helped. Um, so I have had a few more creep into my inbox, but I, 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 I think just experiencing that one time and realizing, like, I didn't explode, I'm fine, then I can keep going in that direction. So that was good. Yeah, man, I don't know, to be honest. Um, I feel like we're kind of back, not to where we were, but like as far as like, uh, yeah, it's tough. so easy just to get, to slide back, just kind of slide it, yeah. back into it. And you know, the year was living with less was about a year of living with less. It wasn't, I guess it's not like, there's not an expectation to buy or do those sorts of things, anything like that. Now, um, I think it does teach you like, Hey, you can do it. Uh, that you really don't need like, yeah, you don't need that new thing that you wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you can afford it, great. Uh, if it's in your budget, great. Um, but, uh, it, it does help you help remind you of what you need and don't need. But and it's just so easy too to, to forget like even I mean we're only two years removed and you know it's uh, we have a lot of stuff again you know still yeah. um and it's still hard you to didn't do. buy another shed did you John you know, I only have one shed you know so, <laughs> only one shed and so I just try to keep it organized I got what I need in there so, yeah so um yeah that's a good question I feel like you know we're reading through all this stuff just to remind us of even like our experience and stuff. I'm like, man, we need to try this again. I know. We said uh, right. we probably you know? should start another year. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, I think it was a really good experience. It's, it's great to be able to share with other people and um, remind yourself if you're out, like, do I really need that? And usually the answer is no. Um, and uh, so I think that's just helpful. I do think, you know, when, when Paul says uh, godliness with contentment is great gain. I mean, I think there's true. Mm-hmm. It's true. And so um, having that year and having looked around the house and having experienced that year, I guess, and realized like we, for the most part, we were pretty content. Um, uh, knowing like, okay, if I buy this, I'm really not going to be more content. Yeah. Um, uh, it might help me do something or I might enjoy it but it's not going to, it's not going to add a ton of value to my life. Like not the amount of value that you think it's going to add yeah. probably, especially the small stuff. Like maybe you buy a big item, something, I don't know that your family is really going to use or whatever. I don't, maybe you'd love to go camping. I did you buy a camp. I don't know. Um, maybe that will add some value to your life, but only if your priorities are right anyways, I guess. And so just realizing like this little thing that I'm going to buy probably isn't going to make me any happier than what I was beforehand. Um, and probably just going to take up space at some point. Um, so not a great answer to that, but, um, so. All right, here, quick association here. So, um, give me like the top three year worth living with less. It was less what three things less, be like you know, less stuff i'll give you one that was one thing less stuff what else was it less of? Yeah, okay yeah less stuff yeah less stuff less stress 
Um, less decisions. That's hmm. true. Yeah. All right, now quick association the other way. Uh, it was actually, it sounds like as we're talking to you guys, it, you know, you named it a year of living with less, but in fact, it was actually a year of living with more in some significant ways. So uh, what were the top three things you were living with more of in that year? Start us um, I would say more satisfaction. Yeah, more, uh, say, family and friends. Throw that same. And then, I, I guess I wouldn't say more quality, but I like maybe more time. Yeah, more time. More time. Yeah, we did have a lot more time. Yeah. Mm. So. Yeah. All right. So then, to, to wrap it up here. Um, kind of your summative thoughts here. If, if somebody is listening to this and they're feeling like I might try to live with less or live with more, um, what, would, what would be your encouragement to them? Well, I would tell them that they should definitely do it. Um, that to set clear rules for themselves, um, to have someone uh, hold them accountable to those rules. I just let the entire internet hold me accountable. Um, but you can go a little smaller than that if you want. Um, you know, I told Josh and then we told our families. And um, so it kind of helps the more people you tell because then you're held to that. Um, like people will remember because that's a weird thing to say. I had somebody come up to me at the gym that I did not know. And they were like, hey, so you did that year of living with less? And I'm like, hi, nice to meet you. But <laughs> you don't even know well they'll remember that about you that you did that um so having accountability really helps um knowing that there are always ways to um there, there's always another avenue to i guess survive so like you don't have to go to the store and buy something if i this is just a really small example but um i noticed that my kitchen table was starting to tear up just from wear and tear of the kids and so I was thinking, man, it'd be really nice to have some like plastic placemats for the kids to use so they weren't destroying the table. Well, I, well, I can't buy those. And so I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to see if somebody has some that I can borrow. Um, and so we borrowed some from friends. And it was actually an older couple that they had kept these placemats from their grandkids and were really happy that somebody else was getting to use them. And, um, and so I think you get to build relationships in that way too. Um, and people feel helpful and feel useful. And so that was kind of neat. You get to ask to borrow things and make sure you give them back in the right shape and stuff like that. But, um, so there's, there's always a way to kind of meet that need. Um, but you do have to get a little creative. So, and I would say to break the year up a little bit to give yourself challenges. Um, it doesn't have to be a capsule wardrobe, but it could be like, a, um, a cleaning out and organizing challenge um, and also like going through and reminding yourself of the things that you really are so thankful for and the stuff that you that you have been blessed with um, because it can be easy to say like well I can't buy anything and I don't have anything that's worth anything and everybody else has all the good stuff or especially when you see a friend get something new or anything like that so to remind yourself that golly I mean I just I have been so blessed beyond measure. And so I, I think reminding yourself of that, um, having some, having some backup scripture is helpful. Um, just to remind yourself of that during this time. And another thing you do, I mean, we went with a year, which I think is very doable for oh, yeah. really almost anybody. I really think people can go a year probably without spending money, right. Or not spending money. This is so, I, I should be careful about, that like this was not about spending less this is about living with less mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. so ideally you're going to spend less um but it's about living with less so about buying less stuff and junk but one of the things you can do right if a year is intimidating you could actually start with a month you know most people if they do budget really your budget like you have a yearly budget that you break down into monthly periods yeah. and so i think you know as you guys help even people um, or people like think about this and contemplating this. Well, I can't do a year. Well, try a month. Yeah. Like go, you know, if you're listening to this now, right. in September, you know, commit to September to not buying anything that's not consumable that you don't need. 
Um, or if, you're, if it's a New Year resolution, January, make January. You just bought a bunch of Christmas gifts. You just got a bunch of Christmas gifts. Like, for goodness sakes, you don't need anything in January, right? If you have a coat, like, you're good. Um, and, so, and so, you know, you could do just the month of January. Um, I think that's a really small probably time to do it, but it's better than nothing probably, and you can learn some things about yourself uh, and about the things that you already do have. Um, and uh, what you do need and don't need fairly quickly, probably even. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would challenge to try the actual year, but if that's too much, try it in a month. Mm-hmm. A week is not long enough. Yeah, it's not, not long enough to form any habits or anything like that either. So I just went this whole last hour without buying anything new. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, <off>. Good. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure you're now. like a huge spender and uh, <laughs> buying random stuff all the time. Thank you very much, Josh and Emily, for, uh, for sharing more about your experience. I, I'm really encouraged just, um, you know, sometimes circumstances like Candace alluded to earlier um, require you to live with less. Mm-hmm. And that presents its own challenge. Here you guys had an option and you made the choice to do this. And I, I commend you for that. And, and I appreciate that you didn't just do it, but you did it and you learned from it and you listened um, to the Lord in it. And you have wisdom now that you come out of it with. And so uh, we've gotten to hear some of that tonight and, and I feel encouraged by it. And uh, I'm sure anybody listens to this world as well. So thank you. Thank you for doing it. And thank you then for sharing with us about it. Yeah, thank you. Well, thank you for letting us share with y'all. This was, this was nice. It was good. It was definitely a good reminder uh, to read through everything and uh, remember kind of why we did it and what we learned from it. To learn more about the Dieters here of Living With Less, visit their blog at deetersdodiscipleship.wordpress.com or search for Dieter, D-E-E-T-E-R, on the Church of God website, jesusisthesubject.org. Thanks for listening to this episode of the God, Money, and Marriage Show. To learn more about our financial coaching services for engaged and married couples, visit sowandreapfc.com. That's sowandreapfc.com. Until next time, onward and upward.